0: I'm Alex Milleris and I'm Tai Seifu and unfortunately the public have voted wrong yet again I have lost uh the the vegetable draft poll um I gotta say I thought more people would despise beans as much as I do but apparently I'm a freak I'm I'm on an island all by myself on the the bean debate
1: yeah I told you I I told you ahead of time That, that is the hottest take we've seen in the draft segment and the people have spoken I yeah for once you actually got uh the better team in the draft. Unfortunately, that wasn't the goal this time around. <laughs> um it is pretty good. Uh so yeah, doubled you up 10 to 5 if I'm not mistaken. So uh yeah, shout out shout out to the voters. They they have uncovered the truth when it comes to vegetables and things of that nature.
0: Ah yeah, well, anyway, uh speaking of things you can eat, let's talk about the Kraken. Not even a minute in and I got an excellent uh segue. <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, i get you can eat like squid or octopus oh, or something okay. so right, you know all right. kraken sure all right okay. uh so <laughs> the trend the start. trend continues the trend yeah. continues of teams trend changing as soon as we start to focus on them for a week because the seattle kraken who had been you know not that good got five out of six points this week in their three games against buffalo detroit at Edmonton, and my number one main point takeaway from watching these three games is that it seems like this team has really gotten into a nice groove. You know, they're getting a decent amount of chances, they're scoring a quite decent amount of goals. But Philip Grubauer and Chris Dreger, which when going into the season many thought that would be the strength of the Kraken was goaltending, has been single-handedly sinking them to the point where they are uh, quite removed from a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, like heading into the season, we were looking at their roster. Obviously, goaltending was uh, a high expectation. I think the defense was also pretty highly tired. You had a, you had like six NHL defensemen that they got from the draft. And I think they've kind of held up the end of the bargain. I saw especially in the Oilers game, that they managed to keep the Oilers mostly to the perimeter for most of the game. And I thought, you know, the Kraken were significant. Like, the better team uh, against the Oilers team that's, you know, winning the Pacific. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're definitely wrong. The goaltenders really stuck out, especially Philip Grubauer, who, you know, everybody's been talking about all year about, about how shit he's been. but I don't think um, I really noticed him in a game because I haven't really watched the Kraken game up until I thought the Red Wings game was really an eye-popper. I thought the Kraken ended up, I thought they were the better team in that game. I thought they had the better chances. It's just that, you know, Grubauer never really gave them a save. And he led what I thought were a couple of questionable goals, and there we go, like they the the one point that they dropped this week, I thought that you could totally shift the blame on Philip Gruber. I didn't think the uh the Kraken were totally outplayed by the Detroit there,
0: yeah, even okay, it's not chronological, but I do want to start on that Detroit game, which was on Wednesday for that very reason, because we tend to go into these weeks. Um, with certain narratives in mind, what we've been kind of hearing through the grapevine about these teams, who's doing well, who isn't, kind of keep an eye out for that. And so I was going into this game like, all right, apparently Philip Grubauer's sucked. I'm going to try to not be too biased, but maybe I expect him to be bad. And he just blew my expectations out of the water, I have to say, especially that Adam Ernie goal. uh, Well, actually, before the Adam Ernie goal, there was like a Lucas Raymond goal in the first period that ended up getting called back. But he looked so bad on it. It was from a terrible angle, but the Adam Ernie one, was really the the stinker. He would just look totally awesome. I think first there was like a shot from like a decent distance out, like dribbled through his five hole, just barely stopped before the goal line. And then he was like spinning around every which way, just, just like controller disconnected, awful stuff. It felt like, like, uh, like the supernatural forces of the universe were like, we really don't want there to be a Detroit goal to happen here. But Phil Grubauer was just so incompetent that it happened anyway.
1: Yeah, he was determined to let one in. I mean, yeah, he just looks completely lost. And honestly, I don't know what it is really because I mean, is it just the fact that he's on a much worse team? Is it a completely different system that they're employing in Seattle? I don't know what it is, but I thought he was—he was well. He was riding the Colorado wave last year, but he was competent this year. He just looks fucking bad uh, out there. And uh, yeah, he just—he he seems to have lost really all his bearings, his rebound control. None of it's working right now. Uh, and you know, and Chris Dredger, I think I saw that he midway through the week he got injured. And so he's out for, you know, we don't know exactly how long, Uh, but uh, it looks like you're going to get a steady dose of Philip Grubauer, and it really doesn't seem like, uh, you know, the end is in sight. And it's a shame because, you know, I think the Kraken at this point, I don't think this is a a contending team. I don't think, obviously, it's not the caliber of Vegas um, when they first uh, arrived in the league, but it's it's pretty mediocre. The team is mediocre, and that's not reflected in the standings. The standings say they're... They're a shit team. Uh, and, yeah, I really think the goaltending is doing them a disservice because from what I saw, you know, I thought, you know, Yanni Gord in particular was was fairly decent. I thought he was the best forward throughout the week. And, yeah, this didn't feel like, you know, a bottom of the division team, which is where, kind of where they're at right now. Um, it, the, the roster felt fine. It's just like, you know, you don't get any sort of goaltending, any sort of help. And, I mean, I guess this is where you find yourself, you know, about a quarter of the way into the season.
0: Yeah, it's funny because like Grubauer, he was always quite good in Washington, which was a good team, and he didn't play much. And then he was quite good again in Colorado. He never really had any bad seasons, let alone a stinker season like the one he's having now. And I don't think anyone could have really seen this coming. But he signed—I think he's like signed to a six-year deal, something very long, at least five years. And if he can't rebound to the point of being at least like an almost average starting goaltender, then the Kraken are potentially screwed for the entirety of this contract and i mean i'm not sold on that. this is a real philip grubauer i find that hard to believe because again it is still kind of a small sample size and like he he was a vesna finalist last year but looking through the rest of the kraken roster um those defensemen as you mentioned even the like the top kraken forwards like yanni gordy mentioned had a good week i was very impressed with Jared mccann um jordan erberley went healthy and jaden schwartz have all been producing at very productive rates i think they're all like between like to like just under a point a game and you know for your top guys on the expansion team that's pretty much exactly what you hope for if you want to contend so even those top forwards the kraken had after a cold start are starting to pull their weight and it's really just the goaltending that you go what are what are we supposed to do
1: yeah i think you know That initial signing in the first place, we're all like, what's going on? Because they had, I mean, they had too many goalies at that point, too. You know, they ended up trading Vanecek and they traded him away. Yeah, exactly. Back to Washington. And so it was very confusing in the first place for a guy like Grubauer, who, I I mean, it felt like he was never really like even coming out of Colorado in the great season that we had. It felt like a lot of people were saying, well, you know, I wouldn't be so sure about Grubauer. You know, the Vezina, it's it's really usually the most team wins that that kind of carries it for these goalies uh, because of how the voters think. And there were some red flags. I mean, obviously, nobody thought he would be this bad out of the gate. But there were some red flags with Philip Grubauer. And it seemed like, you know, they kind of, it was it felt very uh, out of nowhere, felt kind of impromptu almost. It didn't feel like they had thought it through at all, obviously. Well, you had an excess of goalies. Clearly, you didn't think it through. And, uh, yeah, I feel like they didn't really do their homework here. And, I mean, look at the contract. It's, it's almost $6 million for the next, you know, fucking six years. And, I mean, yeah, you, you've handcuffed yourself to him now. And it doesn't, I mean, it never really kind of made any sense. Uh, I don't think, you know, Seattle could expect the replicate. I know they wanted to, but you can expect them to replicate Vegas' success. So then what are you doing signing, you know, a goalie to the contract that you're signing to Grubauer? Kind of like the Matt Murray situation. It gives the same vibes, although, you know, Grubauer is coming off a better season. Um, But, you know, similar vibes where you're kind of handcuffing yourself to a goalie that hasn't really proved doesn't have the greatest track record of individual success you know they've got some team success so did Matt Murray um and it looks like it's kind of bit them in the ass and I you know I know it's sh- small sample size but oh, he looks fucking bad it's not like he's the victim of bad bounces he's constantly out of position um and the, you know th- it shows in the numbers that he, he's he's put up this year
0: mm-hmm. I do think considering the fact that this was a good week for the Kraken, and that we should perhaps focus on some of the positives because they've been trending upward as of late, not just this week. I think they were coming off. Uh, let me, yeah, like a six, a six game losing streak. And then about two weeks ago, it was five, w- two win against Washington, two, one win over Carolina, three, nothing loss to Tampa Bay, four, one win over Florida, seven, four over Buffalo and the four, three loss to Detroit and four, three win over Edmonton. So not only have they been winning more, they've been scoring a lot. And I mean, Buffalo made it, Pretty easy for them, I would say, in this game. But uh, they capitalized, and the, the first goal, Carson Susi slap shot, was actually the first ever shorthanded goal in Seattle Kraken history. So uh, we witness a historical event when Carson Susie scored that shorthanded goal against Buffalo on Monday.
1: Crazy, and then they followed up with the <laughs> the second one right after. It was kind of yeah. Um, so number one and number two. So that's 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 good. If we're talking about that Buffalo game, I mean. Uh... Yeah, it was just the offensive, the Kraken offense kind of overwhelmed the dog shit Buffalo defense, which they always look fucking lost in their own zone, Buffalo did. Uh, so yeah, it looks like the bottom is really kind of fallen off uh, out in Buffalo. The, you know, the wheels have fallen off the train after a nice little October that nobody kind of bought into. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is this is what you get. This is kind of what we thought Buffalo would be heading into the season. Uh, Craig Anderson has fallen off. He wasn't playing with Tkarski. Tukars- looked terrible. Um, he looked all over the place. And I mean, yeah, when you got when your team's kind of gelling like the Kraken were, and you got forwards who are producing, and you meet a team like Buffalo who's yeah doing bad. Um, this is the kind of result you get. They scored like seven goals, right? Um, you know, Seattle wasn't the. Yeah, they had some sloppy moments, you know, with with Buffalo pulling within two at certain points. But overall, I mean, Buffalo just looked outmatched. They looked terrible. And uh, if we were to take a closer look at the Buffalo, I think that's what we'd see the the pattern out here in November and December.
0: You say Buffalo had a decent first month. I think it, like they started with three wins against mediocre to bad teams. Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe it because of how bad Buff- <laughs> how low Buffalo's expectations were. It wasn't even a good full month. Uh, yeah, it does make me a little disappointed to see Dustin Tukarski doing poorly. Um, but, you know, he is just Dustin Tukarski. Anyway, uh, a player I noticed uh, against mostly against the Red Wings because he scored two goals was Ryan Donato. I've always been uh, a fan of his, I think it was him who was going through his, like his final exams at Harvard while making his debut in the playoffs with the Bruins in 20, I don't remember what year, one of the, 2017 maybe, 2018, uh, and he was, you know, he was literally studying for finals and then going to the rink for playoff games, uh, and I thought that, you know, that was pretty impressive. And, uh, now he, I, he kind of seems like the type of player who an expansion team like Seattle is should target and could potentially grow you know, score more in an enhanced role. And so far he has, he's on, I think like about a 40 point pace and Boston never really gave him a crack at a full-time spot in the lineup. He jumped around to Minnesota, went over to San Jose, no one really played him in a consistent role. And now the Kraken He seems to be thriving, kind of like, uh, you know, Vegas found success doing that with. With many players, as is well documented, and I think Donato is maybe a good example of that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's a hit in that sense. Like, when you when you talked about his his uh, little what's what's it called his history there, I mean, it kind of reminds me of you know you talk about Vegas. Uh, it kind of gave William Carlson vibes. Obviously, not to the uh, magnitude that William Carlson kind of popped that season. Um, but yeah, with expansion teams. It's right. You you have you have kind of nobody. He- you have nobody on the roster, obviously, heading into the first season, and so you have a chance to give these guys uh, who you know you can give them consistent minutes, right? Because you're not really tied to anybody uh, unless you're signing Philip Grubauer to six years. Um, so I mean, that's that's kind of what you get. You can try people out. You can plug them. I mean, I just in this in this week, um, I know it was a lot of it was because you know they had injuries around, but it seemed like they uh, you know they were able to shuffle around their lines and and you know kind of see what worked out. And I know, like, for example, the, the Gord, you know, Yanni Gord ended up centering a whole bunch of wingers that, you know, one because Everly got injured at one point. But even then, there's just like, you know, a lot of line shuffling um, and, you know, nobody's really kind of grounded into place. And so it kind of gives the opportunity to, you know, kind of see what gels. And I think that's, you know, you're going to you're going to start with some uh, rough patches as Seattle did, I think, out of the gate. But I think they're, they're especially with the the, you know, the forward core, it seems like they're kind of settling into, you know, a bit of a groove. Uh, and figuring out what kind of works, and I think that's kind of showed in the production, and uh, I'm happy for it. One, I wanted to make one remark that I noticed. It was about the jerseys, and I got to say, like first of all, the home jerseys are great. I think we've talked about it before. Um, I just want to point out that the away jerseys, they look too much like Canucks jerseys, so uh, is, is what I noticed while I was watching them this week, so I'm going to give them uh, a minus on that one.
0: Usually, I'm the one bringing up artistic choices, but it was you this week. We could have saved that for till after talking about the Oilers game to transition yeah. into the Jersey jersey and the Smashville jersey, but but alas, uh, you, you could uh, have. That, that's guy. a mistake on your part, I have to say. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. uh, that game Watched against it. the Oilers 4 3 win by the Kraken, but I couldn't help but focus more on the Oilers than the Kraken in this game. Which I tends to be the case with a lot of Oilers games, I think, because that they're the more interesting team, not just because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, Uh, but they are they're 16 and six now. They are fifth in the league in points percentage, but forgive me for not having much faith in them in the playoffs. When I watched this one game by them, and the three things that stand out the most to me are Stuart Skinner looking aimless on that first Yanni Gord goal, just like a one time, and then he like spun around. Second. Adam Larson scoring a very sweet goal against his former team, dancing around Zach Cassian. So the Oilers just let, you know, former Oilers Adam Larson, that's Adam Larson, by the way, Adam Larson score on them. And perhaps most egregious of all, Colin Blackwell of all people, just flying by, splitting the defense, Chris Russell and Tyson Berry, backhand yeah. shelf on Stuart Skinner. I'm sorry. I don't care if you have Conor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on your team. If you're letting Colin Blackwell blow by your defense pairing, uh, I don't care if it's your third defense pairing, and I, I don't think that even really was the worst defense pairing on the Oilers. Um, just because you know they, I think like Darnell Nurse is, is out right, and they have you know a lot of just gaping holes on that defense just with missing that one player. If you're letting Colin Blackwell do that to anyone on your team, then I don't I don't really have faith in you. So sorry, Oilers.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, first of all, that goaltending problem that you've talked about, um, you know, Koskinen's been hot. I don't know how much we buy into that. But uh, yeah, Stuart Skinner was bad, I would say, not just on that first goal. I thought throughout the night he looked uh, a bit shaky. I know he's he's had a bit of a quote unquote breakout season this year. I think he's sitting around a save percentage, but obviously, you know, young goalie, small sample size. I don't trust it too much. Uh, I don't know how much faith we want to put into a uh, healthy Mike Smith whenever that happens. Um, but yeah, goaltending is definitely one of the issues and really, yeah, the, the depth forwards and the defense hasn't really gelled for the Oilers. And when it comes to, you know, when they get exposed, um, by worse teams in the standings, it, that's kind of what, that's kind of what shows, right? Either the goaltending kind of falls apart, um, or their defense isn't really able to, to shut, you know, to, to defend and their forwards aren't able to get that secondary scoring. It's not like, you know, uh, it's not like, and if I thought the Kraken were, pretty good at staying out of the box i mean obviously they had that early one that led to the dry saddle goal um but generally it seems like you know if you kind of if you can avoid the oilers power play as much as you can um and kind of focus in on those first two lines of, of Dry or just not even first two lines kind of like first two players of dry saddle mcdavid um it seems like you know the oilers have a have a tough time a generating offense properly but b especially you can really kind of exploit their uh their goalie and defense problems because there just isn't talent there. Right. And um, you know, people talk about the Oilers taking a step forward um, and that's, you know, mostly I would say due to, you know, adding, adding talent to the top six. I mean, Hyman's been great. Um, McDavid taking another step forward. Drysdale taking like three steps forward this year, but that's about it. Right. Um, And I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It is hard to trust. It's fun to watch. But it is hard to trust this kind of uh this kind of setup where it's like it feels like a bit like a house of cards that you know once you hit like a really tough team um that's maybe good at shutting down McDavid or, or even just limiting him uh, him and Drysidle uh that your defense just won't be able to hold up and like win a two one game.
0: Do you have any last thoughts about the the Kraken? Anything else? The Kraken. Anyone else who stand out I mean, to you?
1: I was just I was just kind of happy that they didn't suck shit this week, you know, like uh. I yeah. would say I'm generally on uh, positive vibes coming from the Kraken. Um, much more so than the other expansion team from a few years ago. So uh, I'm much more on board of them. And, uh, you know, it was nice to see them win a few games. They're nice home jerseys, and uh, that's that's a plus.
0: Yeah. Before we uh, move on to our next scheduled topic, uh, here's something fun that I just saw on my Twitter feed. Um, Jay Fresh apparently held polls somehow. Uh, for people to fill out their heart trophy ballots at this point of the season, each saying their top five, I think. Would you like to guess the order of the entire top ten, which is all that was shared?
1: Um. Okay. I would think that. It would, um, I think the people like Dry Saddle. No. Is he number one? Or. Mm. Okay. Uh, do yes. I have to guess the run order? Down, one to run ten? down
0: your top ten. Yeah. Run down your entire okay, top ten. All right.
1: Okay. Okay. I think they put Drysdale number one. Don't spend too one. long on this. Okay. All right. They put McDavid number two. Uh, they probably love uh Alex Ovechkin. Obviously number three. Um, hmm. What else did they put? Uh, I mean that's really the kind of hard conversation that I've heard. Uh, I mean if they threw in a goalie, it's probably Shosturkin's in there somewhere. Uh, and defenseman, you got to throw in Kale McCarr. That's five. Uh. Let's see. Adam Fox has had a good season. That's six. Who else would I, in terms of good forwards? Hmm. Anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay at those six. Yeah, it's too hard for me. All right. I'm going to stop at six.
0: Okay. Number one, Connor McDavid. Number two, Alex Ovechkin. Number three, Leon Dreisettle, Number four, Igor Shosturkin. Number five, Austin Matthews. Number six, Adam Fox. Here's where it gets a little bit funny. Number seven, Jack Campbell. Number eight, Jakob Markstrom, number nine, Kirill Kaprizov, and number ten, Kale Makar.
1: Alright. They get <laughs> Three goalies in the top ten, eh? That's uh yep. that's something. Lots lots of goalie love in this poll. There's been a lot of very
0: good goaltending
1: this year. Yeah. Uh, any any, any other so thoughts on this top ten? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, throw them in there. Um, very uh, no. cool. I
0: just thought that'd be fun. Anyway, speaking of how the Seattle Kraken and away jerseys look like Vancouver Canucks jerseys. There are some more jerseys that were almost unanimously disapproved of by everyone. Uh, one of them was out last week, but we didn't have time slash forgot to talk about it. And the next one came out, uh, this week, but let's go chronologically and let's start with the world famous Jersey Jersey. I was trying to find a picture of it <laughs> before we started and I- I say, I thank him for telling me to search New Jersey Devils alternate jersey because that, uh, you know, yielded the best results. Um, But before that, I had been searching uh, Jersey Jersey and then New Jersey Devils Jersey Jersey and then new New Jersey Devils (laughs) Jersey Jersey uh, and to to, to no avail for whatever reason. But now I have it right in front of me. And I must say it gets uglier every time I look at it. Um, The trend started, I think. I think it was a basketball team. I don't remember which one that started the cool trend of like, Ooh, our jerseys are black. And everyone was like, Ooh, that's never been done before. And then every other team in North America was like, we want to try, we want to try. And of course it infected the national hockey league Uh, the Tampa Bay lightning. I think were the first ones. And like, I think those are really ugly. Um, I don't love the Tampa jerseys to begin with. I'm not a big fan of any Jersey. That's just like one color and white. Um, because you know, I think you know, have two nice colors to go along with the white to you know be a little bit more unique. Because then you end up with Tampa and Toronto looking exactly the same. And then the Islanders had their black jersey, which just like even at least Tampa Bay is like, oh, the Lightning is like the night sky or whatever is going to be black. The Islanders like, what are you making your black jersey for? And uh, now we have this, the Jersey Jersey that was designed by noted designer Martin Brodeur. Um, I do like the the fact that it says Jersey on the front, that's at least funny. And even if it isn't intentional, which I assume it isn't, I don't mind that, but the entire rest of it, it's just, <laughs> you know, a, a solid black and then way too many white stripes. It's like, they were like, Oh, I guess this Jersey is too black. What's the one worst possible way we could try to amend the situation is just have like five white stripes on each arm And then another like five across the shoulder or like four or whatever it is. So this is just a failure on every front. And I didn't look deep (laughs) enough into it, but I heard about an article of someone who I wish I could remember who it is. And I'll look it up when you start talking in a couple seconds. But who was talking about how they tend to like to give jerseys the benefit of the doubt, but couldn't find any redeeming qualities in this.
1: Yeah, uh, I just think I appreciate this jersey because it's got to be somewhat ironic, right? Come on. You can't fucking take yourself seriously with this jersey. Like, by design, it seems clownish. And I respect that because, you know, obviously you start with the word. Like, come on. You're going to put jersey in a fucking cheesy-ass font right in the middle of your jersey? It's too good. It's too good to be true. Uh, They didn't feel like putting... They didn't feel like they dropped the new, kept the jersey... Um, and I mean, it's, uh, it's ripe for jokes, right? Like, come on, this didn't go through process and person after person, designer after designer of, you know, quality control checks or whatever it is. Uh, and they didn't give the approval without one thinking, you know, it's so fucking stupid that we're putting the word Jersey on a Jersey and, you know, like, come on, come on. There was some irony involved. Um, if Martin Brodura was oblivious, well, maybe the people who came after him in the process weren't so much and they just kind of passed it along. Now, sticking with that ironic vibe, um, first of all, yeah, actually, first I want to comment on the font. The font is just so stupid. I called it cheesy earlier. Um, but overall, it's, uh, it's a bit hard to read. Um, and uh, it's just... It's it's the, the red is unnecessary. It's a bit much, and yeah, the stripes are just ridiculous. They're just it's a pure tomfoolery out here. Uh, and I appreciate the New Jersey team or the Jersey team, the New Jersey Jersey team for um, you know indulging us with a bit of stupid design. Um, you know it, they look like referees out there. Honestly, they give ref vibes, <laughs> which like is confusing for the refs, and it just it makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. I like if they were they, see that's why I refuse to believe. That these people were taking themselves seriously when they designed this jersey. Um, I like. I'm looking at this breakdown right now. It's like Nico Hishier. Um It's a picture of him, and then like, like uh, they got like you know where they're trying to give meaning to the various parts of the jersey, and uh, it's so dumb. Oh, but they like the, they point the, the, the people, the, the, the roots, <laughs> the 21 counties. Like who gives a yeah, fuck? Yeah, what's that even um, but pointing uh, to?
0: <laughs> it's literally just a, a white line, a, line on the bottom of the jersey, and it's stripe. like this represents the, white the 21 stripe.
1: counties. Like how? I'm so. Confused, and somebody tell me how the roots have to do with anything with those ugly stripes. So apparently, those stripes mean the roots. Um, we're just all meant to accept that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so stupid. I have to think it's ironic, and that's why I think it's. First of all, I think it's better than the the next jersey we're gonna analyze coming out of Nashville. Um, it's just okay. wait, wait, wait. it's it's for it's the meme culture. Like yet. it's there's there's no doubt about it.
0: Alright, I see something now. I was looking for that article. I don't think I found the right one because there are way too many articles written about this jersey. Here's one on news.sportslogos.net talking about, because everyone was saying, why are there so many stripes? And apparently, there are 21 white stripes on this jersey, and that's what represents the 21 counties, even though this uh, image we're looking at just points to the one stripe. Um For the 21 counties that make up New Jersey, five stripes on the left shoulder above the heart in particular are a nod to the five legends whose banners hang in the rafters at Prudential Center, which means as soon as somebody else's jersey is retired, this sweater will become obsolete. But anyway, uh, that's not what I wanted to talk about, because I found uh, this quote from Martin Brodeur. Um, And now I lost it. Where is it? Uh, give me a moment. Oh, this is frustrating. It was just here and it was really funny. It was something like, uh, all right. I might edit this part out as I command F the page. Here it is. Okay. I wish we could have played in this. Martin Brodeur said in the ESPN article, it's just a cool thing. That's a quote from guy who designed the Jersey Martin Brodeur. And I haven't clicked yet. I have not clicked yet. On an article whose headline you're just gonna find so hilarious on the hockey writers, Devil's third jersey gets mixed fan reaction, but players love it.
1: <laughs> do they now? Do of course they do. It's beautiful. I, in, I, I, I'm I, telling you, I think they love it because it's so funny. Come on, no, would you crack I, up if? Come on, if wouldn't you crack if up if you had to go to work in a shirt that said shirt? Here's
0: what I think. Here's what I okay. think is that I cannot wait for the day a team reveals a new jersey design, and the captain of the team gets in front of a podium and says, "I think these are ugly as shit, but I'm gonna <laughs> wear them anyway." Yeah.
1: I think they're. I don't think they're contractually allowed to do that. I think they have to plug the jerseys, no, no matter how ugly they are. Um, unfortunately for Nico Hische as he. He stands looking pained in that jersey. Jersey, um, so I guess they they never wear these alternates, eh? Is is the implication? Uh, I don't. I think they will eventually.
0: I oh, have eventually. Okay. I'm sure they'll put them in.
1: Uh, here, okay. So. Here's the, the part of the we'll article. Devils
0: players react. Unlike the fan reaction, it appears the players are excited with the overall design and look of their newest jersey. Fans seem to agree the jersey looked better once they saw it on the players. Devil's defenseman Dougie Hamilton told the media he liked the jersey when he saw the complete look. Right when I saw it, I liked it a lot. And once we saw them with the full <laughs> kit with the gloves and pants and socks, I thought it looked really good, said Hamilton. We are all excited wow. to wear them, and I think it'll look pretty cool. Fellow defenseman P.K. Subban echoed Hamilton's thought- thoughts on the new look. I think people know I'm a person with an open mind. I think it's great. Says Suban. Adidas <laughs> is one of my partners.
1: Wow, <laughs> no, he really he really told on himself right there. Yeah. He really he really he really spilled the beans.
0: I know that's that's part literally part of the quote. I think people know I'm a person with an open mind. I think it's great. Adidas is one of my partners
1: too good too good shout out to the defenseman on the devils for towing the company line i mean look there's a picture here um you google new jersey alternate jersey it's thinking it's like the third or fourth one um it's pk suban like hunched over with the jersey on you know he's got the stick in his hand um mm-hmm. and you can really see like face like you know like you know like in two dimension all the fucking stripes and they look even worse than they do in two dimension i can't imagine how this looks better? Like I'm looking at him wearing the kit right now. It looks atrocious, and it really does give it does give ref vibes, which um, <laughs> extremely. I don't know how they let this one go, but you know, good for PK for for bringing in that sponsorship money because I don't know how anybody with eyes could possibly think that this actually looks good and it's not just a a giant joke, a jersey jersey joke. Anyways, all right. So you got to check out that picture; That's, it's too good. He's all the stripes, man. You can count them up;
0: all twenty-one. All right, it's time to transition to Smashville. This jersey that you hate, and you know what? I I don't. I gotta say, I, I don't. I don't.
1: I don't hate this one, and everyone else does. I just gotta. Everyone says it's, I just gotta say something. I just gotta say something before we move on from the. I just realized something. All right, while while looking at pk bands. am i counting this wrong or are there more than 21 stripes
0: Um, is my math bad you probably are counting it wrong uh wait so there's one on the bottom then five on each arm so we're at 11 yeah and then five on each shoulder so that should be
1: 21 okay but then what about the socks there are five on each sock Oh, they're not counting the socks. It's just the jersey. Oh, come on! You gotta count the socks. It's part of the fit. Well, they're not. They're not. Okay. That's terrible. It's terrible. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna make the stripes a part of your thing, you can't put them on the socks too. And then you got. Then you got 31. Get out of here. All right. Move, All right moving anyway, on. I just want Back to my oh, hot, hot smash life. Life take. All right, please give give us your smash will take. It's All terrible. right. So
0: one reason why this has many legs up on the Devils jersey jersey is that this one has two colors. So that's already nice when you got a jersey that's both blue and yellow. And I know that, that Nashville bright yellow is kind of divisive. I've never had such hatred for it. And the fact that it's slightly less pronounced than on their actual home jersey, I actually liked the color scheme in this one uh, better than the regular Nashville home jersey. What has many people up in arms are the, the letters themselves in the word Smashville. And the fact that they are cartoonish, and some are big and fat, and some are little and thin, and there doesn't seem to be any consistency or rhyme or reason to which letters are big and which ones are small. Besides the fact that they wanted, um, you know, the left part and the right part of each of uh, for each half of the word because they're on top of each other to line up along the edges. And although that does kind of make it look ugly if you spend too much time looking at it who spends too much time reading the word Smashville? <laughs> so I do think that that is, you know, when when you're you know paying such close attention to a jersey, trying to figure out, like, oh, what's nice about it, what isn't, you can pick up on those, those things that are perhaps unappealing. But the actual function of a hockey jersey is to look nice while you're watching a game. And when you're watching a game, you're not really reading the jersey. So I think the fact that the letters are kind of, you know, oddly proportioned, it's really in the grand scheme of things not that important.
1: I don't know. All right, there's. I have a lot of fucking beef with this. First of all, the color scheme's fine, but I have I have beef with this. You know, this yellow fucking stripe that goes right across the middle It looks like you know like one of those road painting machines. They got it like ran over a jersey, and that's what they that's what they stuck with. Like I don't I don't know what it is. Like I can't I can't vibe like with one that. Of those big paint um, yeah, the paint rollers, but like the ones that paint the streets because it's the same yellow, you know, that marks the dividing line between between the two sides of a road. So, you know, that's the vibe I get initially. It looks like, you know, it's been run over by a yellow line. Um, And then, OK, then the word Smashville itself is a dumb nickname. Like, I'm sorry to the city of Nashville, you know, but come on, Smashville. What the fuck does that even mean? You're going to get smashed in Nashville? Like, what does it mean to be? <laughs> what does it mean, Smashville? I'm so confused. It's not a good nickname and it's not worth putting on a jersey um then yeah obviously we get to oh right, you know what, before we even get the lettering let's get to what's with this logo in the front this random fucking logo that like yeah, obscures a, a bunch weird. of letters that that <laughs> makes them hard to read yeah. like we're gonna have the logo that's fine just like maybe put the lettering around the fucking logo and not like it looks like they took a sticker and smacked it around the middle of the fucking jersey it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible i don't know who chose that but that's awful all right and now let's get to the lettering finally you know worst of all all right it's first of all, okay. Also, the cap this, this jersey that they have here with the, with the captain's logo, it's all it's all askew. Why is this so much to the fucking armpit? It's like an armpit logo at this point. And uh, the you know, I can't, can't imagine Roman is too happy about that. I don't get that. I don't get what that. Why can't you just put it in the normal place? You know why? Because the word smash is too big, all right. And yeah, down to the letter, it makes no sense, all right. It, it's terrible. Why couldn't you choose a font? It's that simple. I mean, like you're talking about small details, sure. But as soon as you give it... Like, you look at it for longer than half a second. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, case in point, just look at the two S's in the word smash. Uh, completely diametrically opposed in thickness. Uh, the first S is, like, fucking cut off by the M for no good reason. For why is it cut off? I don't know. You couldn't just make it smaller? You can shift it to the left? <laughs> even the top is cut off. It's not even, like, well placed on the... It's not. It's not completely placed on the yellow paint. Like, it's just, like part of it like sticks out onto the blue and it's just it's all very very confusing and it looks like a six-year-old got a bunch of cutout letters that happened to smell out smashville and then the captain's logo and just like blindly smacked them all over the place um and like that e is so thick why is that e so thick but like wide it's not even like like that middle that middle that middle uh, stem of the e looks so out of place it's so skinny see, compared to, the, like, the fat fucking stem that goes vertical. It, it makes no sense. See, I think of
0: Smashville identity. And, you know, what could they possibly mean by that? And I think, possibly, they're trying to to depict this Smashville identity in their reckless placements of all the letters and logos on this jersey. Just kind of, you know, smash it on there, be bold and unapologetically fucking... Not within the lines or whatever. I honestly think that that's the vibe you're you know going for. Just be, <laughs> just be totally obnoxious <laughs> and in your face and impossible to ignore. And I think they absolutely succeeded their goal. Uh, succeeded at their goal.
1: You, you just, you're just described someone who's drunk. And the more I think about it, I think the identity of Nashville is apparently drunk, getting smashed. That's just another way of saying you're fucking plastered. Uh, and you know this out obnoxious in your face all this out of out of line nothing's nothing's quite right that sounds like someone who's drunk and you put the logo right in the front Because they're like fuck it i'm putting it right there um so i mean i said kid earlier maybe someone who's just who's had one too many beers designed this logo um or or this jersey i should say because uh yeah it's it, it's 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 a yikes it's a i can't vibe with this i the color scheme is fine that's like the one plus and like if that's what you're going for in a jersey Fine, you did all right. I didn't even know dark blue was a uh, was a Nashville color. Apparently it is. But it's it's not a bad one. But uh the rest of it is just yeah. it just throws me off, man. I
0: think their it's, jersey it's used trip. to be like trip. I think their jersey before this bright yellow used to be more dark blue. Uh and I did like those better than the full yellows much like the old devils jerseys that had the red and the green any combination of red and green is better than just getting rid of the green altogether i never underst- understood why the devils got rid of the green in their main jerseys and just made them all red why why are you getting rid of a color especially one that complements red so nicely being that they are opposites on the world famous color wheel
1: yeah look i'm not i'm not the design guy you got to yell out here it's uh it's probably the same person who made that decision answer for me the I jersey say. why did you take the green
0: off the devil's yeah, jersey right.
1: why <laughs> too much Christmas alright I go. It was April and I was like I can't handle these fucking Christmas colors on the devil's jersey gotta get that shit off alright There okay. we go it you got me to admit so. it it's too Christmassy
0: uh huh well you know, Zencaster just uh cut us off and thereby cutting off my seamless transition which went something like you know who else is going to be wearing that jersey jersey for the next eight years after this one is Jack Hughes, who just signed an eight year extension, $64 million total, $8 million per year with the Devils. And this seems like a prototypical, oh, we're going to sign him to a long term deal, even though he hasn't fully reached his potential yet in the hopes that he will and the deal will be a bargain for most, if not all of it with, of course, the downside potential that he has not been anywhere close to an $8 million player yet in his career. And if he doesn't get there, then this contract could be a, a bit of a headache.
1: Right, yeah. So, you know, off the bat, obviously an overpay. Uh, Jack Hughes is not an $8 million player. Uh, I think in that 56-game 50, season, I think it was around 30 points last year. Um. So, you know, obviously you're looking for more production. Um. But yeah, that's not what they're paying him for. It, it is the potential. And... Yeah, I don't I don't hate this for New Jersey um, because they're not they shouldn't be paying for, you know, the kind of win now talent uh, in the state that their franchise is in because uh, the roster is not quite ready. Um, And if you can like spend that money now so then you can get potential, you know, savings later down the road when you're trying to contend. um, I don't I don't hate it now. Yeah, eight million dollars is a lot for Jack Hughes, though, right now. I think, you know, even if you're trying to overpay him, this seems like quite a big overpayment um given what he's shown us i mean he's he's good and he's been really good in spurts so far um but i don't know if he's shown us the consistency that you would maybe you know like to see before paying a guy eight mil for eight years
0: yeah 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 especially with the injury troubles he's had early on his in his career uh it's it's a risk for sure um but i think a lot of the one of the comparisons i saw some people drawing was to nathan McKinnon because McKinnon, of course, was also a first overall pick. Uh, he had a, a nice rookie season, a lot better than Jack Hughes' rookie season. He had uh, 63 points. But then from that point onward, he it took him a while to really hit his stride and reach his full potential. He got uh, 52 points. Or actually, he got 38 points and then 52 points and then 53 points. And then, boom, 97 points the next year. and his fifth season in the NHL, he finally really exploded. And Jack Hughes, with the amount of skill he has, And the fact that uh, he is already a very good driver of play and driver of scoring chances in the time that he has played, despite the fact that uh, the raw statistics aren't quite there. There are a lot of signs pointing to the fact that he might have a similar trajectory to Nathan McKinnon, maybe not quite as, you know, top five player in the world like Nathan McKinnon is, but that type of career arc is definitely within the realm of possibility.
1: Right. So in that sense, if you're taking a risk on a guy and, and overpaying him, um, this is certainly the type of player you want to overpay, uh, obviously with the potential that Hughes has. Um, and just, you know, at the age that he currently is, I think what he's uh is he like 20, 21? Um, so, you know, that's the kind of guy you want uh, to pay. You're going to take him till he's 28. That's going to be uh, a big chunk of his prime, presumably. And uh, I mean, yeah, if, if if he doesn't pan out, the Devils are kind of fucked, anyways. I mean, obviously they have his year, and they got a nice, they got a nice bunch of nice pieces. But really, a lot of their future is riding on Jack Hughes. So you know, at that point, um, why not go and bet the farm? And it's you know, if, if he does blossom, which you know, good chance of doing so, uh, eight million dollars will be a bargain, and then then you'll be really rolling and and kind of set yourself up really nice for the future in terms of uh, building around him.
0: Yeah, I think this, this news just broke, and we should probably talk about it a bit, even though we hadn't had much time to think about it. Bruce Boudreaux um, is going to apparently be the next coach of the Canucks. Uh, this Elliot Friedman tweet is quite vague. It says exactly that, hearing tonight that Bruce Boudreaux will be the next coach of the Vancouver Canucks, which if you take it extremely literally, it could mean when Travis Green gets fired in a year and a half, Bruce Boudreaux is next in line. But what I think we can probably take it to mean is that Bruce Boudreau will be the coach of the Canucks extremely soon, as in tonight or tomorrow maybe, uh, which is odd considering the fact that Travis Green's firing, as you pointed out to me, hasn't even been announced yet, and uh, the fact that it's not Jim Benning getting fired, uh, It's and it's probably actually Jim Benning making this decision to fire the coach and replace him with Bruce Boudreau, or at least in theory it would be the GM. Although, if you told me it was the Aquilini's, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised.
1: Yeah, this is this is very very funny. I mean, first of all, uh, right out the gate, Bruce Boudreau, uh, solid hiring. I mean, he's a very good coach, um, a very good regular season coach, if you want to put it that way. And uh, I mean, Vancouver needs that. They need any sort of good coach at this point. Um, but yeah, it looks like they fucking bungled this whole thing, uh, kind of letting it leak that Boudreau the next guy in. They seems like they had yeah they haven't announced Travis Green's firing yet. So, uh, that's, that's a bit fucking awkward. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you gotta wonder if he, if Travis Travis Green is just finding out on Twitter right now, um, everybody's telling him that he's lost his job and they found his replacement. I think that's, that's fucking comic. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's that. And, uh, if this means more Jim Benning, oh my God, praise be. Uh, I sure hope that he gets another coach, um, and another few years to run the Canucks in circles. Apparently the Aquilinis were, were, uh, almost assuaged by like the two wins that they had over the halves and the sends. And like, yeah. maybe the hot After seat is cooled years down the job, he's like, Hmm, too funny.
0: <laughs> All right. Which is clearly just so po- impossibly dumb. Anyway, Bruce Boudreau obviously is uh, a very good regular season coach is how he's known. He won a bunch of division titles, president's trophies with Washington and Anaheim did quite well in Minnesota as well. Um, but the makeup of this Canucks team, especially that Canucks defense, is so putrid, I don't think the greatest coach in the world could uh, could salvage it. And I, I really think Bruce Boudreau will get in there, do the best he possibly can, and those players will just straight up continue to be not good enough. Maybe he'll get more out of uh, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, some of those underachieving talented players on the Canucks. I could see that happening. I could see the Canucks improving. Under Bruce Boudreaux's guidance, I don't see them possibly getting any worse. Uh, but I don't think the difference is going to be that great because I don't think he can change who Tyler Myers and Tucker Poolman and Oliver Eckman Larson and and whoever else they have on the bottom pairing that evening are.
1: Right, exactly. Um, you know, he's. He, I don't think he can quite pull off the things that you know even Barry Trotz managed to do in New, in New York. Because, you know, this Vancouver defense seems to be even worse um, than what, you know, the Islanders had when they brought in shots. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's it's just, you know, I mean, we laugh about it almost every other week at this point. Uh, how Vancouver's defense is uh, a bunch of scrubs. Obviously, you gave them that Pullman contract this off offseason. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, the coach can only do so much. And if you deal him a shit hand on defense, uh, like, you know, like the Canucks are doing, um, you can't expect much. And, yeah, this goes back to who's a fault here? Uh, is it really Travis Green that's at fault? And I would uh, wager to say, no, it isn't. Uh, yeah, you got to fire Jim Benning before he fucks shit up even more. Uh, and uh, the Aquilines, unless they fire him in the next, like, 24 hours, have not got the message in hilarious fashion. I can't believe that it looks like they think that, you know, the co- firing the coach is the only step they need to take moving forward, and maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll work out. Uh, It looks like they've drunk
0: the Kool-Aid. We didn't even talk last week about that this reported beef between Bo Horvat and JT Miller. The infighting amongst the Canucks leadership. Apparently, like the locker room locker room is like divided or something. And from the little bit I picked up on, it seems like Bo Horvat Bo Horvat's the one who's like, Oh, you know, we just gotta do our job and JT Miller is the one who's like, management sucks. And we we have no idea what we're doing, even in practice. Remember, there was that leaked clip of J.T. Miller being like, "We don't know what we're doing," and like firing a puck down the ice. And it seems like um, those are the two conflicting schools of thought within the Canucks' dressing room. Uh, and no surprise to anyone, the Aquilinis and Jim Benning uh, really love Bo Horvat, and it appeared some you know J.T. Miller trade rumors had begun to swirl. <laughs>
1: That's fucking hilarious. Running a little their own little autocracy over there in Vancouver, apparently. Um But uh yeah, <laughs> the one player who seems to have figured it out out in Vancouver, being well, no, I think he's by... probably just.
0: I think he's just maybe the ringleader of it because we talked about Tanner maybe. Pearson as well, liking that shirt. I yeah. assume he's on JT Miller's side based on that, and I, I I imagine at least half the team realizes that Jim Benning is absolutely terrible at this.
1: Yeah. We're, we're in for a civil war. I think in Vancouver over, uh, the competence of Jim Benning and who's really, really to blame. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I'd have to be on team JT this time around. Uh, I don't think I'm on team Bo. I must say. Sorry, Bo. I bad. guess Bo doesn't know. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So yeah, uh, that's that's Vancouver. Um, as as they continue to suck shit, uh, who knows? Maybe Bruce Bruce Boudreau will turn things around. Um, I saw I saw David Embers. Like if they can go five and one on this homestand, then they'll be in then they, they'll be in good shape to to make a comeback. And it's like no, they won't. This team's fucked. This if team's they, not making wait, the playoffs.
0: If they go five and one on this <laughs> homestand, they, they then they will be in better shape to make a comeback.
1: <laughs> quite, quite the tweet. Quite the tweet. Yeah, it takes it takes it takes guts to craft something like that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if the Canucks go five and one, yeah, if they win all of their games, they'll be in good fucking shape. I would say. Um, shame it's not likely at all. So yeah, shit's going down to Vancouver, man. It's uh, and I, it's it's yeah, it's it's too good. We thought the era might be over. You know, who knows? Maybe if they lose to Montreal, if they lose to Ottawa. The era is over. And we're talking about Jim Benning's being fired right now in exchange for Peter Chiarelli. But uh, nah, the saga saga continues. The the era is not over yet.
0: The era that refuses to end. You know who the Canucks probably could have used? Is Kale Clegg, who uh, who they might have put in a claim on, actually, but we'll never know because Montreal is lower in the standings. Anyway... It's always fun to see what a, a GM's, or I guess not GM in this case, uh, the front office person's first transaction with their new team will be. And for Jeff Gordon, it was one that got a unanimous stamp of approval claiming Kale Clegg, 23-year-old offensive defenseman, uh, fringe of the NHL with the LA Kings, off of waivers for this team. And I think with all the injuries Montreal has right now, he's what? He's at least a bottom-pairing defenseman for them. And he, uh, in a limited time with the Kings this year, he has like five assists in 11 games, uh, which is uh, not too bad. I remember watching him mostly at the the World Juniors in 2018 on that Tyler Steenbergen team uh, that played Hey Baby after every goal and where half the players were named after a vegetable, including Kale Clegg himself. So good vibes <laughs> from, from him immediately. Uh, and I think that this is a small sign, but a sign that Jeff Gordon is uh on the right track in terms of evaluating defensemen, which could not be said about his predecessor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh solid pickup, um, you know, in terms of uh the mold of defensemen that you want to see uh being picked up on waivers. It's certainly the Kale clay type that you want and not, you know, every other Hab's defenseman. So uh yeah instead you know this is like uh you know you lose Victor Mete it would be the my thing and uh, apparently the Gordon thing is to uh you know, gain Kale Clague. Get him from waivers. So uh, that's a that's a positive addition. And uh, you know, he had a little press conference. It looks like he's making good on his word, at least to start things off, to be more uh analytically minded, so to speak. And uh yeah, Kale Clague, excellent name. Um Yep. I I, I know was surprised other... to see it's spelled with a K. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Whereas, you know, Kale McConnell and Kale Three with a C. But uh you know yep. what other la king's defenseman draft pick was in the news this week was brent clark because this is the time of year when we start to this is the time of year when we start talking about the world juniors anyone who's been listening to this podcast for uh at least a year knows that i'm a, a big fan of the world juniors it's probably my favorite hockey event of the year and the team canada announcing not even their final roster, their preliminary roster, from which there are still about eight cuts to make, did not include recent eighth overall pick of the LA Kings, Brant Clark, leading OHL defenseman in scoring, might be the entire CHL actually now that I think of it, is a right shot, which was going to be a position of weakness anyway on Team Canada with Brant Clark as right defense, and now without him, there only two right-shot defensemen on their preliminary roster are Jack Thompson and Vincent Iorio. There is absolutely no reason why Brant Clark should have not even been invited to camp, even if you're, you know, you're a little skeptical about him, for there's no really good reason to be uh, that he wouldn't have been one of the locks for this team, probably like their second-best defenseman after Owen Power. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if we should have him on the team, what reason is there? To not put him on your preliminary roster and get a closer look when he's leading all the defensemen in his league in scoring, in the junior league. The Canadian junior league, literally. I cannot wrap my head around That wasn't the only, like, head-scratching decision Canada made. They left Brendan Othman off the team, who's, like, basically doing everything for the Flint Firebirds. He was a first-round pick, too. They left uh, Matthew Savoie off the team. He's probably going to go, like, top three in this upcoming draft. Um... And I know Canada, as a lot of other teams do, tend to favor 19-year-olds to 18-year-olds. And Clark and Othman are both 18. But this seems to be taking it, like, a hundred steps too far. There's no good reason why this guy shouldn't have been on Team Canada. And people are saying, oh, is it some sort of, like, a COVID precaution? Is he injured? Nope. Brandt Clark was shocked. The people around him were shocked. The LA Kings were shocked. His junior team, I think the Barry Colts. Uh, were pissed, the LA Kings were pissed at Hockey Canada for not inviting him and they were just like, yeah I don't know what to tell you, we, d- we just didn't invite him, it's kind of like, there's no it's, it reminds me when the Kraken took Gavin Bayreuther and then just let him go, because it was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just pass on picking anything from the Blue Jackets, even <laughs> something that's of extremely minimal, minimal value it's like, what's the rationale? we were racking our brains here for like an hour on this podcast trying to think of something, but there was nothing
1: yeah and it's it's the case here. I mean, there's no no good reason, no real bad reason either. There's no bad reason why Brandt Clark is not a no reason be on the selection roster. It's it's yeah. You can. There's not a single stupid rationale like you know all those stupid people on Twitter who can rationalize anything. I haven't seen anything even attempt to rationalize why Brandt Clark isn't on the select selection camp, selection camp, not even on the final roster. Um, it makes no sense. I think obviously people are rightfully pissed about it because, uh, yeah, he's done everything he can to make the team. And there's no good reason why he shouldn't. There's nothing. He's got the production for it. I mean, hell, if you want to go a draft caliber, he's got that too. Uh, you've got, he's got the positional need within team Canada to make the team. It's not like there's a, an influx of right shot defensemen here. Um, and they just decide? did they forget him? What, what happened here? Just, forgot. They just forget Grant Clark. I mean, I that's the only reason, That's the only way I can rationalize this. They forgot Brent Clark. All right, they all just because, had collectively had a little episode. I think what's funny about it is the this
0: news that Brandt Clark wasn't going to be on the list actually leaked a day before the rest of the list leaked. So I feel like that have to has to have been like an, an intentional thing where Hockey Canada was like somehow telling people like, yeah, we didn't put Brent Clark on. And, you know, that must have been how the news got out. Otherwise, I guess maybe other people are seeing the list and just being like, all right, we're only releasing this tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure exactly how that works, admittedly. But the fact that uh, it was leaked the day before made it feel like this is a very intentional snub in which they looked directly at Brand Clark and said, no, we're not leaving you on for whatever sort of, I don't know, petty grudge they're holding against him.
1: Yeah, what's the beef? Now, yeah, the next logical question is what the fuck is the beef? Did You know brant clark senior like you know punch some hockey guy in the hockey canada guy in the face like what's what is the like i don't know what the reason could possibly be um what they don't want offensive they don't want their defenseman to score points is that the fucking deal they don't want they don't like right-handed defensemen so
0: they're they're only
1: going with two on the roster like on the what is it
0: I, I think you're onto something with we just want a defenseman to be big and tough and mean and hit people in the face. And Brant Clark is like six feet on the dot or something like that. And we just want, you know, a bunch of, of Jack Thompsons and Ryan O'Rourke's to hit people into the boards. That must be it. That must be the mindset.
1: There's, no, there's nothing else. There's nothing else, really. I mean, yeah, unless he like sent some hate mail to Hockey Canada when he was seven. And they decided that now we're good. Um, there's yeah, there's really there's no other there's like there's nothing here. There's nothing to justify any of this. Um, it's so stupid. It, it's it's mind boggling. How are these people at the head of the head of you know the, the selection committee? It's just uh, like multiple people had this point of view apparently, and uh, that's what they went with. And that's completely mind boggling to me. Like you know, get get some new eyes in there. That's not like Mark Burge Junior.'s out here trying to scout their defensemen
0: you know the funnier one to me was team usa leaving tyler boucher off their preliminary roster uh who went exactly two picks after brant clark to ottawa and what was funnier about that was that it wasn't even that much of a surprise it was kind of like yeah that checks out tyler Boucher's kind of shit uh meanwhile he was the 10th <laughs> overall pick of the ottawa senators <laughs>
1: Whoops, if that, that, they, they went off the board off that one, eh, didn't they? Oh, Boucher. crazy off the board. He was, yeah. like,
0: the earliest projections I saw of Boucher were, like, right at the end of the first round.
1: <laughs> so funny, so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, just everybody, everybody yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa fans are just, uh, they, they're resigned to this kind of thing. Oh, the the complete reach that we took in the top 10 doesn't look like he's panning out. Who could have seen this coming? That's crazy crazy we should never trust not even invited to run this
0: organization uh Uh getting beat up by landon Slaggard again anyway (laughs) uh (laughs) i suppose it's time for trivia this week i have a trivia let me let me just pull it up i've got a trivia for you i really like this new pace we have going where we only give each other trivia once every six weeks because i feel like it feels more special and my trivia for you uh is about Us, you and I, you and me, I suppose, in that I, it is about players in the NHL whose name is either Alex or Taisei, except I couldn't really find anyone named (laughs) Taisei. So, so, so this just became an extremely self-indulgent quiz about players named Alex, uh, in order to celebrate me and, and all the great things I do. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to name (laughs) you an NHL team. That has one player named Alex. Uh, to be clear, it's got to be like an A L E X or like an A L E X A N D E R. So like okay. a f- like the Alexander Barkov wouldn't count because that's a different spelling. Okay. Someone with with my spelling. Okay. I named the team. <laughs> if you can name the Alex within thirty seconds, you get two points. Oh shit! If you okay. if you don't, if you don't, I'll give you a hint, and then if you get it after the hint, it would be one point. And there are ten Alex's here, so it's a quiz on twenty. Uh looking I looked at this right before we started. I gotta say, I think it might be easy as shit. Um I'll set the threshold at fi- at fifteen on twenty. How does that sound?
1: Okay, and there's opportunity for me to get two points, right? Is that is that Yes, convenient? exactly. Uh huh. Okay, alright. I'm currently I'm jotting down as many fucking Alex's that I can think. Of. We're an incredibly narcissistic quiz. I, I love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Starting oh, with the
0: Arizona Coyotes.
1: Fucking kidding me, Alex? Uh, oh boy. Is uh, is Alex Goligoski on the Coyotes?
0: No, that's not it. You can keep going though.
1: Okay, all right. Um, Arizona. Oh, Galchenyuk, Alex Galchenyuk.
0: Yay! you got it. Uh, congratulations.
1: You are yeah. two
0: for two. Two points. Next up, up next up, we have the Washington Capitals.
1: Oh come on, Alex Ovechkin. Not even four for four. You're just blazing you. through this.
0: Next wow. up, we have the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Oh, Detroit. That's a funky one. Um, any forwards named Alex? And goalies, um, defense. Oh, isn't? Is it? Oh my! God. This is kind of true because you don't think about play. Is it Alex Nadolskovich? Is his first name Alex? Hey.
0: Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Wait, you weren't sure if his first name was Alex? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I tripped out for a second. I was like, it's not Ned. That's his his nickname. What what the fuck is (laughs) his first name again? (laughs) Yeah, I was tripping for a minute. I was like, hold up. What the fuck is his first name? Yeah, sometimes I blank out. All right, go ahead. All right, we're six for six. Next up, we have the
0: Ottawa Senators.
1: Alex Formenton. Wow! Very well
0: done. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Wow, was, All right. That was, that was pretty good. All right. Next, eight.
0: the Seattle Kraken. Ooh.
1: Oh man. I should know this because uh we just watched the Kraken. Um. Let's see. Let me just run through the forwards. Uh. So... Oh, I know. Alex Wenberg very good
0: you are all right you might get a 20 on 20 on this uh <laughs> next up next up we have the montreal canadians
1: oh um the montreal canadians all right am i who's on the halves with the name alex what the fuck uh, it's, not, it's not alex allen um five four um, god how is it the habs that i'm tripping up on that's weird yeah you tripped up
0: on alexander romanov
1: oh whoa
0: oh okay. wait shit i was whoa. supposed to tell you. Did you i was supposed to give you a hint <laughs> Where my,
1: where's my one point hint yeah what
0: is this? yeah i wow i totally blew that i'm sorry <laughs> i'll give you i'll give you the one point anyway would do you think Thank you would you. have gotten if if I said former uh winner of defenseman of the tournament at the World Juniors?
1: If you had, yeah, with the defenseman, I would have quickly run through. Okay, okay. The, so to, to get Yeah, them. sorry about, about, about that it.
0: for messing up on my own quiz. It's all good. You get one point for that. Uh you are now right. at eleven on twelve.
1: Okay. Next
0: up we've got oh. the Vegas Golden Knights.
1: Uh they got two, don't they? Do I is it a, do I get bonus points by them both? They have two. Uh, they have, they have Pat, yeah, they're Petrangelo and Tuck. No,
0: they traded just one of those.
1: Oh, right. Okay, so right, so Alex Petrangelo would be yes. Is Alex Patrangelo. the one remaining? Yes. They indeed very nice. did,
0: did trade Tuck away recently. Next up. All right, we the have. Trade. If you get this okay, one, then you get then you win. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche.
1: Uh, Alex Newhook would be the man.
0: Excellent. Congratulations, 15916. 16 Thank you. Final Thank two. You. The Dallas Stars.
1: We're saying Alex Radulov? Indeed. And
0: finally, uh, wow, Ayo. this is so easy. Uh, the San Jose <laughs> Sharks.
1: Ooh, the San Jose Sharks. All right, you left a lot of Alex's out there to dry, eh? You didn't give me Alex the Cat. That's very upsetting. Yeah, well, can't um, can do them
0: all. And also can't yeah, do can. the ones where there are more than one Alex on the team because that doesn't go with um the the concept.
1: Sure. All right, who's on, who's on the fucking Sharks? Huh. I don't know the Sharks roster, I must admit. So yeah, I'm going through the big names. I can't uh, think of who this Alex is. Care to give me my hint?
0: Five, four. Yeah, I'll give you a hint now. Your hint yeah, I'll is give now. former Toronto Maple
1: Leaf. Oh, former Toronto Maple Leaf on the on the Sharks now. Who am I missing?
0: Hoping I stump you on at least one. Come on, come on! Don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah. What, what
1: is there a time limit here? Or am I?
0: Yeah, you have ten seconds left. Okay.
1: Uh, well, the leaf I have is Alex Kurfa, but he's still there. So I don't Who is this? Who is this man?
0: The answer is Alexander Barabanov.
1: Ah. Uh, okay, that's that's pretty obscure. I would say.
0: Oh well, he's in the NHL. not that obscure. He's in
1: a fair. All right, so uh, 17 out of 20. Thank you for that. That's that's pretty that's pretty layup of a quiz, I must say.
0: Yeah, well, you know, life is hard in general, so I figure we don't need to make it even harder with these quizzes.
1: I I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right.
0: In the new year, though, I'll be coming back stronger with perhaps the most difficult quiz of all time i just thought of that wow. right now uh right. and i don't i have no specific reason for that besides the fact that i just noticed this is the last quiz that i will have made you in the year 2021
1: oh. so wait do you have the quiz theme in mind or you've just you just realized oh, no. that you want to stop 2022 i've
0: just decided right now I, whatever the next idea is for a quiz which i do not have yet at all will be really difficult
1: yeah you're gonna fuck me up on that one all right got it um so we'll see when my, my quiz comes on the unboxing day presumably Um oh yeah actually i don't think we're gonna, gonna have an answer.
0: episode that week yeah, uh then, yeah i'm gonna be in new jersey then. and then i'm going to pennsylvania for that uh to something you're gonna else make, afterwards
1: you're gonna buy a jersey jersey when you're in jersey i uh, can assure you the time i is, will not buy a jersey jersey now. what if i did what if now. i came
0: home with the jersey, jersey, and bought it. What, what player should I get? Oh, I I already know Thomas Tatar for sure. <laughs>
1: perfect, perfect. I love Is Thomas Tatar. Worried? Who doesn't? Yeah, well. who doesn't? Yeah, he's he's an all star, an all star. Uh, not in the literal sense, but you know, in the vibe sense. So yeah, all in right. Our Next quiz will be on the second then, barring barring any scheduling changes. Uh, we'll be hitting you with the 2022 quiz. So that's ending 2021 on a good trivia note for me and for you. Since every when I win, everybody wins. Good shit. Yeah, plus. and
0: actually, it's on a ending on a good note for you since you won the quiz, and ending on a good note for yeah. me since you got since you couldn't get the last question, Barabana of, So I think wow. we all go home winners.
1: <laughs> there we go. We're all happy. All right. Immaculate vibes on this trivia quiz. Um, is there anything yes, else you'd like to indeed. add before we uh, call it an episode?
0: Uh we got to pick a team, which we constantly forget ah, yes. to do until the very end all of the wins. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Where, do we want to do the honors now? we were going to do them let's last do week. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's just make they sure they play enough.
1: 10 game losing streak, uh, baby. Let's go.
0: They are playing right now. They're mid game tied one one with Chicago. I guess All we right. won't count that since we're not watching sure. it. They play it out, Tuesday no. against the lovely Ottawa Senators. Hmm. They play Thursday against Nashville. And I have to play. Yeah. And Saturday against the Devils. So wow. nice what? healthy helping.
1: You know, we're getting the two teams with the shit jerseys. This is excellent. This is very topical. We couldn't have planned this out any <laughs> yeah. better. This and is Ottawa. Yeah, and Ottawa's always fucking topical. They're they're complete horse shit. So like, this is this is Islanders week, baby. I'm I'm fully embracing it. This is uh, it's the right week to do Islanders week.
0: Yeah, out of all the weeks we could have picked for Islanders week, this is the best one. Also because they're probably going to go on a three game winning streak now. Anyway, exactly. Thank you we very can much for our listening. Thing. Yeah, thanks for listening to this week's <laughs> Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week, December 12th, uh, with a round of Guess Who and a bunch of other news and maybe some uh, maybe more in-depth World Junior preview if we feel like it or maybe save that for the 19th. Um, but, yeah, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. That's where we uh, make our episode announcements and put up polls, and that's pretty much all we use that account for. And you can follow us both on Twitter, our handles are in the description. It's at Alex's new handle and at Taisei Fu. And what I'll probably put in the description of this episode, actually, is a link to the premiere, the YouTube premiere of Sophie and Santa, which will be premiering on YouTube December 10th, this Friday at 8.30 p.m. And it would be very much appreciated if you would tune into that when it occurs. The end.